Hello, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, Crash, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard. This is episode 328. Recorded on Thursday, the 13th of August 2020. And the time at the beginning of the show is 2300, or it was, when I said hello just what seemed like a few seconds ago, but there was a little break between then and now. But now things are a little quieter, I've got the place almost to myself. Well, sound-wise, at least. Let's start off with the state of me. (laughs) Not the rewatch, which is what we were talking about last time. Well, unsurprisingly, life has been a ginormous pain in the backside lately. The virus is <laughs> destroying my plans for getting my life started again and is wearing me fat. Yes, not thin, but fat. If you listened to the last episode, you'll have heard about the almost flood caused by my father's DIY and averted by my mum. The broken sofa repaired by my mum with a big rubber mallet, (laughs) which actually works, but don't do carpentry this way, please. And the vertical blinds repaired by me after more of my father's DIY. Again, humans, I beseech you, don't do DIY if you can't. Not everyone's good at DIY, and if you're one of those people... I can barely scrape by, I'm not terrible, but some people are really bad at it, but keep insisting on doing it. And as I've quoted many times before, because it's one of my favourite quotes, as Dirty Harry says, a man's got to know his limitations. Moving on to the next thing, in which I make something. (laughs) But it wasn't DIY, it was a recipe. I made... Blackberry Preserve, a.k.a. Bramble Preserve, or rather Bramble's a plant and Blackberry's a fruit. Preserve? How is that different from conserve? And what the hell is conserve and jam or jelly? Well, in order of thickness and fruitiness, jelly's the least fruit in content. And then there's jam, which has a bit more, and then conserve, which has even more, and then there's preserve, which has loads and loads of fruit, and they tend to be pieces of whole fruit, and that's what I really like, and I really like blackberries, and I couldn't find the seeded type in the shop, because I don't like the seedless type, which you can get. I think I saw some in the shop called Bramble seedless preserve from Scotland, and yeah, that's not for me. I want the one with seeds, so I made my own. When I made it, it looked a little sloppy. (laughs) It looked more like, I don't know, like a pot of blood. But when it cooled, it firmed up quite nicely. I did it the easy way. Luckily, I found something called jam sugar which is just sugar with added pectin. I checked also that it was Hindu-friendly, and it was. It was vegan sugar. I'm not going to go into the whole thing about how sugar 
isn't really vegetarian, but it has something to do with animal bones. <laughs> anyway, I found this sugar, luckily, which saved me a lot of hassle. And if anyone else is interested, this is how I did it. I added an equal amount of the jam sugar to blackberries. In my case, it was 400 grams of both, which turns out to be quite a lot of preserve. And then I simmered the whole thing and stirred constantly, very carefully, so I didn't break up the fruit and so that it didn't boil for 20 minutes. Then I poured the whole thing into a sterilized kilner jar that I'd bought ages ago for just this reason. I had to wash it out because it was full of pickle. <sighs> but no, I returned my jar to the purpose it was intended, and that was for making excellent blackberry preserve. And it was pretty good. I've had it on toast, of course. I've had it on a chia butter. I'm not really into chia butters, but I had it on that, and it makes literally anything you put it on taste excellent. I'm going to try it with crumpets tomorrow. Blackberry preserve, highly recommended. Oh, and just before I leave the bit about blackberries behind, I just had something else to say. I had some really delicious blackberries growing in my garden. Unfortunately, we're quite near to a major road, and although I do treat myself to one or two of the blackberries a year, you really shouldn't do that if you live near a road. I know people collect fruit on the side of motorways and stuff, but I would be careful about that, especially fruit with soft flesh or soft skin like blackberries. They do contain quite a lot of pollution, and it's not that good for you. Which is why, unfortunately, I had to use shop-bought blackberries for my preserve, rather than the delicious little ones in my back garden. That's just a warning to anyone else who's thinking of doing that. And now, finally, on to the next item. Moving on to haircuts. Yeah, we're all not having the haircuts we need at the moment, and I made a mistake. Oh dear. It's the type of mistake I often make every time my hair grows, because I'm thinning, and when I can't get an appointment with a hairdresser, which is what happened. I cut my own hair. I ended up cutting it down to grade one, and that sucks. Because although I've been told I look younger, or cleaner, or both, both of which are slightly true, or though perhaps I only like to believe what people say when it's complimentary, <laughs> maybe people are just being nice. But now I regret it, because I remember what I was trying to do was to retain a thinning widow's peak, because... Then, that could be my tribute to Delgado's master from Doctor Who. Ah, oh, and now I have to start again. Okay, listeners, I've got a job for you. If you hear me saying I'm going to cut my hair, perhaps warn me to seek professional help. And by that, I mean a barber, not a psychiatrist. Although perhaps either would do.
Okay, now enough waffle and let's start the show. Let's begin with Culture and the Umbrella Academy. I have box setted season two. And in it, the time-traveling super assassin, Schoolboy 5, has a plan to get his family back together and back to the current era as they are stranded in the 1960s by accident, by a mishap, after the end of season one. They are stranded in a time just before the assassination of JFK. There's a little bit of a subplot about civil rights and the big baddie's daughter also features. And I'm not giving much away, but this is a popular show, so it's fairly obvious that it'll be back. And so they can't end on an entirely resolved denouement. Thus, it ends with Five managing to further complicate the situation. Let's just leave it at that. I said season one was better than the comics. I'm not sure about season two, as I haven't, and I don't think I probably will read that far. I enjoyed the artwork of the first season of comics. I read the collected trade, but I wasn't that impressed by the storyline, though I found the characters interesting. I'm digressing and talking about the comic, but the TV show is pretty good. And I must have to some extent enjoyed season two because, like I said, I box-setted it. And I box-setted it the bad way, just one after the other after the other. Talking about box-sets, Homeland. (laughs) Now, as much as I have come to hate the series both because of the slightly off politics sometimes and the sheer misery of the show. I just had to watch the final season, and that season... Oh, I don't know, but it went on for quite a while. Anyway, I watched the final season. I can't remember what the season number is because I didn't write it in the show notes. And it continues in much the same vein as the earlier seasons, after the consistently disastrous outcomes of the machinations of supposedly very clever people like Saul and the main character Carrie. I suppose the current theme of the show is that no matter how clever you think you are, you'll mess things up in the end. Dirty tricks are futile and will bite you in the arse. Karmic justice. Yeah, maybe, but sometimes that message was lost along the way with justifications. It was all very muddled. It was like they couldn't decide what was right and what was wrong. But back to the last season, and no Dar Adal, which is annoying because I loved F. Murray Abraham's scheming evil genius. I think a thin pastiche of the man of the mountain, you know, the myth about the assassins. Yeah, he's still in jail, I suppose, which is where he belongs. But man, I really miss him playing devious and nasty characters. Actually, I just miss 
F. Murray Abraham playing any character. He is such a good character actor. I do hope that he's cast in something else soon, although not a sitcom. Do you remember By the Sword from 1991? Man, he was good in that, and that film was panned badly. Oh, yeah, and that's Homeland. Moving on to The Deceived. This is something that you can see over here. What channel was it on? I think it was five? I started watching it, but I hated the antagonist so much that I haven't been able to go on. You see, in real life, I actually knew a guy very like him. It's unfortunately not an unfair characterization of some university lecturers, so I found it a little hard to watch, and that's The Deceived. It's a mystery, by the way, about a student who has an affair with her professor, and then the professor's wife dies and things start to get really weird. It's a cosy type of mystery slash thriller. And it's Irish as well. I've watched a few Irish dramas in the last few years, I suppose. Which is interesting. It's the only really UK-adjacent thing that I've watched. I don't think I've watched anything from Scotland in quite a few years, and I haven't watched... Oh yeah, well, I have watched quite a few things from Wales. Doctor Who, of course, and Torchwood, and... There was another drama about a musician. I think that was set in Wales. Not quite sure it was really good, and I talked about it in the show, but as it's not in front of me right now and we talk about so much in this podcast that maybe I should just move on. Anyway, The Deceived, I think it's worth a watch. We mentioned Doctor Who, let's also talk about Doctor Who, and Christopher Eccleston is to reprise his role as the ninth Doctor on Doctor Who which was one of those geeky headlines that was everywhere and reproduced by everyone until you wanted to throw up. But what they didn't say right in their headlines, and they probably should have, is that he's reprising his role, and apparently late-breaking so is David Tennant, in a big Finnish audio production. So not quite the return I hoped for. I wish Christopher Eccleston would come back for just one last appearance on the TV show, because he was definitely the coolest-looking Doctor. He had a crop hair thing, and the leather jacket, and the boots. He just looked cool. And also the way he talked, and his mannerisms, and his friendliness. I'm sure David Tennant took a few cues from his predecessor's performance. If you're into Big Finish audio drama, I'm really not that much, unfortunately, then you can look forward to Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant coming back. But if you are hoping for them to come back to the screen, unlikely. Although, I could be wrong. Who knows? It'd be nice to have a little surprise towards the end of Jodie Whittaker's time as the Doctor. Moving on to me being smug and very obvious on Twitter, which is nothing new, hardly an original Twitterer. 
After the big tech antitrust trials in the USA, I'm not even sure what the outcome was. I don't think anything really came of it. I did wonder aloud on Twitter in textual form why Hasbro hasn't brought out a big tech special edition of their Monopoly board game. <laughs> Which would be equally on the nose and not as funny as it seems to be in my own head. Okay, I can imagine the reasons they won't. And I'm sure they've talked about it in board meetings at Hasbro. The obvious reasons that they wouldn't do this are libel lawsuits and brand copyright infringement. And these companies are really big and big tech and they could destroy Hasbro. So the fear probably has then, I suppose, on the behalf of Hasbro is also one of the reasons they're not contemplating angering big tech with a parody board game. <laughs> but I'm surprised no one else has made a pirate board game. I don't know. Are there such a thing as pirate board games? Or are they just too expensive to produce? I suspect that they are. Oh, we've talked about the board game this week. That's strange. I haven't done that for ages. Ah, oh. okay. On to music. Yes, we're going to talk about music a bit this week. Has anybody seen my girl, also known as Five Foot Two, Eyes of Blue? I am learning this song. It is incredibly kitsch. It is incredibly camp, but it is one of those standards for ukulele players. The song's origins are disputed, but it was written sometime between 1914 and 1925. It was the time of Lely's, invented, I think, in 1917. Again, disputed inventors. That song also encompasses the time of flappers, you know, the smartly dressed girls with the short bob haircuts, and their male counterparts, which I found out were called sheiks. Yeah, amazing sheiks. The boater-wearing male counterparts to female flappers, named after the titular character played by Rudolf Valentino. And I also found out what Rudolf Valentino's full name was, and it is impressive. It is as impressive as the full name of the master Delgado's name. Anyway, Rudolf Valentino's real name, not his stage name, was Rudolfo, Alfonso, Raffaello, Pierre, Filiberto, Guglielmi di Valentina de Anton Guella. I've probably butchered that, I apologise, I did my best, but man, that is an impressive name. And that film that he was in, called The Shake, came out in 1921. And shakes were also influenced by trend-setting people like the unbelievably cool celebrity Japanese actor Sesu Hayakawa. And as usual, I've strayed a lot from where I started, which was about a very old song, Has Anybody Seen My Girl? It's a fairly easy song to play, and yeah, I'm learning it at the moment. On to something else I would like to add to my ukulele, or rather banjolele repertoire, and again, we're going camp. I have 
an album called The Best of Bond, a 50th anniversary collection, I suppose for Bond 50. And unsurprisingly, if you know anything about James Bond theme music, you'll know that the best singer of the lot is, of course, the amazing Shirley Bassey, who is the queen of James Bond themes. They are all good, even the widely dissed Another Way to Die by Jack White and Alicia Keys, which I actually really like. I wouldn't mind adding some of those songs to my repertoire as they fit in, like I said, to the frankly campy nature of the banjolele. Somehow, I don't really ever see Jimmy Page picking one up. Although, trivial fact that I've probably mentioned before, because it's a way of bigging myself up as a banjolele player, Brian May's first instrument was his dad's banjolele, so in your face. Moving on to technology, and the Mauritius oil spill. The Prime Minister of Mauritius has declared a state of emergency, and members of the public, especially the locals, are helping to clean the oil spill caused by the marine vessel Wakashio, which was apparently carrying 4,000 tonnes of fuel oil and hit a coral reef on the 25th of July. Though the reefs have declined in health over the past 50 years or so, and I should know as I have dived the reefs many times, Spoiler alert, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, my parents are Mauritians, so I've been there a lot, and I've also lived in Mauritius quite recently. Despite the damage to coral reefs, they are still a vital part of the tourism economy there, and also spilling that much oil into the sea affects other sea life, like fish, like game fish as well, and birds, and also people, because the stuff is nasty and gets up into the air. I've seen pictures of people wearing face masks that are stained with the oil. What I've read so far is that France is also assisting. Their president made a vow to help. And Akihiko Ono, the executive vice president of Mitsui OSK, the owners of the ship, apologised and said that the company would help. Well, a fat look of good that will do now. I mean, (laughs) how useless is that? After the fact, great. The police are currently investigating the cause of the collision, and the leak has stopped after 3,000 tonnes of the 4,000 tonnes of oil were pumped out. And that's a bit of late-breaking news. Of course, that does leave... 1,000 tonnes of oil destroying the reefs, the fishes, the beaches, the birds, and polluting the local air. So that's not great news for the first item in our science and technology section. Man, I hope they sort that out. I wouldn't like to go back one day and find the island having even greater ecological problems than they have at the moment. Let's move on to Roku, and I've been having Roku problems. I'm finding that the YouTube app is suddenly crap. I don't know what update caused this, and 
whether it's the fault of YouTube or Roku, but the app is starting to suck very badly. If you look at the Roku forums, you'll find that I'm not alone in complaining. I'm having trouble with fast-forward controls and rewind controls, which both tend to send the video spiralling into buffering hell, which should not happen, and did not happen until recently. You can't really blame it on my internet connection, because that is obscenely fast, even with two TVs downloading and watching HD content, both TVs have got Roku, I can still download on my computer at 5 megabytes per second. So it's definitely not a question of speed at my end. And it is very frustrating. I'm finding that the pause button also kicks you out after a few minutes. Again, that shouldn't happen and didn't happen before. And then, finally, there's a sudden inundation of YouTube ads. I just want to know, Google, why are there so many recently? Why are you doing it? And you've got so many developers, why is the fix taking so long? If it is you, Google, and also you're rich enough to make a little less from your ads, so perhaps stop being so greedy. And also, Roku, what the hell? To add insult to injury, many of the ads I'm watching at the moment are to buy a Roku on my malfunctioning Roku. Great. I'm in this Mobius spiral of mockery. And the thing about Roku that really bugs me is they never seem to directly answer anything. They rely on non-technical forum users, i.e. just me and you being paid nothing for supporting others. Why is that? I think that's the way it works. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but come on, get your act together. Fix things. Or I'll keep talking about how rubbish they are on this podcast. Ah. Oh. Let's move on. I'm sweating because I'm so annoyed. Because YouTube is almost the raison d'etre that I have a Roku stick. That was, until recently, my main source of entertainment. And it's not anymore because it's not working. Oh, stupid. Let's move on before I blow a gasket or something to website search. Ah. Oh. Okay, something else. I recently changed my website search engine. That's my local implementation of a search engine to search my own web pages from Google Custom Search to DuckDuckGo. And also Semi learned how to add a plain text HTML5 text box and button on my website. It's a bit different to the way you would do it in earlier versions of HTML. I say Semi, let me digress for a moment from the main topic of this item. Semi really proves I'm a proper coder, because why reinvent the wheel when you can cobble together code from others? Seriously, if you want to learn to program, doesn't matter the language, learn from samples. Sure, if you've got time, learn the deep inner workings of your interpreter or your compiler, that's fine. But you need to learn from examples at the beginning, otherwise it's impossible. 
and you'll put back your career years. And it's the same with any skill. If you want to learn how to do something, yeah, you could go and sit in a cave on your own for the next 20 years and learn something, but you'll learn much more faster by watching others. Another reason that I use YouTube to play my banjolini and get tips on playing the guitar, which I completely suck at, but I am learning in addition to playing banjolini. Man, that was a massive digression. Where were we? Yeah, the local website search engine. I've changed from Google Custom Search to DuckDuckGo, and it worked. It sort of worked, but I noticed it won't search directories lower than the page that contains the search code which is frustrating because a lot of my content is below that level. It's in a directory, funnily enough, called content. And that did work with Google Custom Search, but I was trying to get away from Google, and also I don't like the search button, which looks awful. There is an intensely difficult way of restyling it, which I wasn't prepared to do. And I quite like the way DuckDuckGo say that they protect your privacy. I hope they're doing that. Anyway, to cut a long story short, it's not working out for me. I checked a lot of DDG parameters, but nothing works. Let me know if you have a solution and know how to fix this. I'll tell you how to contact me at the end of this episode, as I usually do. More on that feedback or lack thereof later. Moving on to Microsoft, and the big news with Microsoft is Microsoft might acquire TikTok. (laughs) Again, I'm being Mr. Obvious on Twitter by mocking Microsoft, talking about the Microsoft kiss of death, which includes Hotmail, Skype, LinkedIn, Nokia, and now perhaps TikTok. Okay, that list is admittedly a subjective view as not all those buyouts have tanked but they haven't improved either skype man skype has not improved one iota since microsoft took over and let's not forget nokia oh dear microsoft did not do such a bang-up job with nokia The thing is, if people are worried that TikTok might be sucking up the data of teenagers and tweenagers... Tweenagers? The way to stop it is to let Microsoft buy them out and screw things up royally. (laughs) There you are, there's a solution. And you know what? I think it's time for a toilet break because I've scrolled down a bit and realised that I've got quite a way to go. So excuse me for a moment and I'll be right back. Sorry about that, I'm back. The show has gone on a little longer than I thought it would. And then when I got back I realised there was a little bit I needed to add to a previous item, if you're interested, that bit about the blackberries. But on with the show, and we were talking about Microsoft acquiring TikTok, yeah. That's one way to end TikTok, the Microsoft kiss of death. Moving on to more (laughs) not-so-great technology news with A-level algorithmic chaos. The lockdown has meant that exams were cancelled and replaced 
by an off-course statistical model which uses school's exam history and pupils' previous results. The result of this algorithm meant that many A-levels were downgraded in England. This is slowly being redressed through appeals, which, by the way, cost money. And, yeah, they're not free. However, unfairly downgrading results because a school is in a deprived area is another case of biased algorithm design and the reason for including this item in the text section. As this is an ongoing story still in the current news, I did hear a bit later on on the radio that the exam results cannot be lower than mock exam results on appeal, which shows that the government has acknowledged that the algorithm is flawed. On the other hand, looking far back into the distant past of my own mock exams where I did terribly, that's not going to do much good. And with that item, that is it, and we are now in the after show section. I've mostly been eating cold food because the heat is doing its best to murder me. And by that I mean it's doing me in, and by doing me in I mean exactly that. I can barely sleep, and because I can barely sleep my brain is addled. Hence, no shows recently. That's why before the last Who episode there have been any shows since the last week of July. But that isn't the only reason. It's partly that, but it's also partly motivation, which has also been lacking. And the reason for that is, sorry, but if I don't get any feedback, my motivation to do new episodes tends to plummet. And that's honestly what happened. I was a bit fed up of not hearing anything from listeners. Although, let's try and end on a more positive note, if it's possible. Although the pod was only downloaded 825 times in June, and barely at all this month, the figure spiked to 1,371 in July. So if you listened in July, thanks. Tell your friends. And get in touch and tell me if you think I should set up a Patreon for Crash. Or just throw in the towel. Well, I'm not going to be throwing in the towel. But if people do start writing in, I'll be more motivated to do more shows. And that's it for now. The show is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer. Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. Though Apple podcast reviews and ratings are particularly favoured, especially good ones. You were listening to Captain Roy's Rocket Radio Show, the UK podcast for the culture geek, technology nerd and creative wizard, episode 328, recorded on Thursday the 13th of August, but ending on Friday the 14th of August because it's a long show, 2020 at 000147. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.